0: If you can do me a favor, you know, if you ain't that busy If you could throw us down a couple blessings, you know, like One that I don't mess up being a manager
1: (sighs) We're just three cats and never played a single snap Here to tell you how to draft, win the ship, and run it back the stats ain't tell the story, this the story of the stats You can stick it to your friends, what's
0: more glorious than that? We're victorious in rap, bringing wrath to our rivals We're here to shun the stats, laugh, and lead you all the titles Stick to the path and follow us disciples The only sin is math and all you need is the Bible It's the fantasy Bible It's the fantasy
1: Bible It's the fantasy It's the Fantasy Bible. It's your host Nathan Binder. Here with me today, as always, is my good
0: friend Dane. Dane, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking, Bud. I'm excited about this one. We don't talk about this enough, but trading in the offseason, great for dynasty.
1: Yep, it's going to be an offseason uh dynasty sell now, buy now kind of episode. It's it's going to be an interesting format. We're going to try something new. It could crash and burn, or it could be fantastic. We'll, we'll wait and to see. We'll get through some some uh, housekeeping items, and then we'll get into that. First off, Dane, can you tell the people
0: where to find us on social media? Absolutely. We are at Fantasy Bible Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we have a new website location. We are thefantasybible.substack.com. Find us there, because what's going on over there, Nathan? There's some stuff happening.
1: Yeah, if you uh, subscribe to Dynasty subreddits, you may have seen our articles pop up over the weekend. Um, this is kind of a new approach we're taking, uh, twofold. One, it's it's more simplistic. It allows you to just kind of go subscribe to our content, get the content that we write, but also you'll get a notification and an email every time a new podcast episode comes out. So you can get it all at the same place, which is nice. But in addition to that, um, we didn't wanna keep paying for to host the other website because you guys don't ask us enough questions on it. So now you can ask us those questions in the comments at our new Substack, stack. And uh, yeah, there's some two articles up there right now that you can go dive into, uh, especially if you uh, haven't had your rookie draft yet. Uh, one is on some dynasty sleepers. It goes a bit more in depth into what we talked about in the dynasty sleeper episode. And the other is an argument for drafting jameson williams at the second overall pick in rookie drafts Uh, i got a little some blowback on that some people that were in agreement and some people that said hey just kind of get your guy um so depending or regardless of what your opinion is go check that out um and uh
0: yeah good times good times to be had over on the Substack. Good stuff. We're laying the foundation in the community. So jump on board. We're going straight to the top. And eventually when we make enough money, we'll buy our website back. We'll maybe just buy Twitter. Well, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. That's
1: actually what's our website is being held hostage by a, a patent <laughs> troll. He wants $5 million. So if you head on over to kickstarter.com slash the fantasy Bible, um, we're doing a little fundraising for that as well. All right, Dane, I do have a mystery question before we get into today's episode. Excellent. Um, so my question is, we're, you know, to kind of preface this sort of sell now uh, narrative that we're about to get into, are you considering, is Jonathan Taylor going to be on this list mm. now that the Colts have signed Tyson Williams to their roster? Do <laughs> you think that Jonathan Taylor's time as a starter is pretty much short-lived, probably uh, almost waiver cut to the waiver worthy now that Tyson
0: Williams is there to take the reins? So at first I thought this was a completely illegitimate, you know, terrible question until you mentioned the famed Tyson Williams. <laughs> <laughs> and now I have to think about it. No, no, unfortunately not. Uh pretty funny though. Uh Jonathan Taylor, don't trade him unless you're getting like three firsts and some something. I don't know. But uh can't can't trade that guy. Um, unless you're just completely rebuilding and you just love getting, I don't know, a bunch of picks next year or something like that. But just yeah, don't do that. All right.
1: So let's get into this this, this business here. So here's how it's going to work. Dane and I, we each have nine players that we consider dynasty sell now players, not redraft players, but dynasty sell nows that if you have on your roster that you can sell for a variety of reasons, whether, um, you know, maybe it's age or maybe you just don't believe in the player profile. We'll get into that later. But uh, we each have these nine players and you may be asking, well, why don't you have any buy players? It's because Dan and I, you know, the the great thing about fantasy is that perspectives differ. So we don't know what our each other's lists are. We're going to go three rounds, give each other three players from our lists and see if we can work out a trade between uh, those three players that we each have to come to agreement to kind of one, give an example of, you know, what negotiations might look like for these players, but also, uh, you know, some options in your own league that you could, pursue on your own. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be interesting. And I think Dane, that uh, we should add a new rule. Sure. Yeah. What what rule would you like? Um, I think we should get two swaps. So if we can't come to an agreement in one, in one, uh, you know, tier, we can Mm -hmm. swap one of those players out from another player. And then we get to do that two times total over the course of the episode. And then I also think we should put a time limit on each round but I'm not sure what do you think. Ten minutes per round tops to try and
0: get a deal done before we move on to the next one. Oh yeah, that seems like a, a long time. Yeah, we, I think we'll know around the two to five minute mark whether we're close enough for a trade or not. Yeah, yeah. I just typed timer and ten
1: minutes came came up. It's uh, they're, they're <laughs> really plugged in here. Okay, so l- let's get into this, Dana. Uh, did I, I, I covered everything? Right, you would say.
0: Yeah, that was an excellent intro. Went smoothly. Let's get into some dynasty players to sell. All right. So, uh how do you want to do this? Do you want to give your 3
1: and then I'll give my 3 and then we'll go from there?
0: Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. All right. I'm going to start hot. debo Samuel. Trade him now. His value never going to be this high again. I mean, you saw him. He was a running back and a wide receiver. He has been vocal about not wanting that role in the future, and he's only going to have that opportunity in my mind on a Kyle Shanahan-led offense on the 49ers, who he also has said he doesn't necessarily want to be a part of right now. Uh, he's you know, looking for a new contract. He might be on the 49ers this year. We'll see. I believe he probably will be uh, looking past this year into his future. Who knows where he's going? And hopefully it's not to, I don't know, a terrible team that willing to pay him a lot of money to do what he does maybe he goes to the texans or something and he can have fantasy relevance there but um always lower touchdown opportunities on a bad team so basically questions of his future uh questions of his immediate role too um we don't really know how his quarterback situation is going to look with trey lance likely taking the role there this year uh what does that offense look like with trey lance it's probably not passing as much as with jimmy garoppolo so Some things will come off the board here in his production this year. He had just a monster year. He's going to come down a bit uh, down to earth. So you can get a lot for him. Debo Samuel, noted. Who's next on your list here? All right, Antonio Gibson. So he's survived for so long on hype as far as his value goes. And his perceived ceiling, if he were to be a three down back, if he were to, you know, get the larger workload. And we've seen glimpses of what he can do. And he's a great football player. I don't dislike him, but I just think we need to come to the reality that he's not going to be that um, ceiling breaking role at running back for the uh, Washington Commanders. That's their name. Uh, I mean, J.D. McKissick still there. He was rumored to be traded to Buffalo. That didn't happen. They signed him back this year, so he's still going to have that role. I don't. I don't think we can just suddenly make the case that that he's. I don't know taking J.D. McKissick's role, even though he's still on the team. It's so weird the lack of receiving
1: because it's like he was a wide receiver right. at Memphis. Like why? Why? I know McKissick's good, but he's also made of glass. It seems sometimes, and so it's just crazy that they don't use him more in yeah. that way. Yeah. yeah.
0: To me, it could only be two things. One, they have a system set up to where they want to limit his touches, and that's part of it. Or two, McKissick is simply a better pass pro, uh, pass protector, and uh, and that's why they do it. But
1: now, remember, McKissick was dealing with a uh, what was it? It wasn't a calf strain, but it was some kind of injury that he was playing through. It wasn't like plantar fasciitis. But Gibson, you, you mean? Gibson. what? Who did I say?
0: You said uh, McKissick. Oh, yeah, my Gibson. apologies.
1: Gibson was playing through uh, injury all last season, if I remember correctly. I
0: think it was something similar to shin splints. Shin where, like, splints or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or like your muscle is, tendons are kind of like separating from the bone a little bit. So it's very painful if you've ever had them. Uh, I don't know that that's exactly what he had, but I remember it being described similar to that. Um, and they also drafted a running back in the third round, Brian Robinson Jr., so, you know, there's just a little more uncertainty in that room. If he's going to get work, uh, then that would cut into Gibson's workload. Um, you know, Washington, terrible run franchise, Carson Wentz doesn't inspire hope for me and find somebody who still likes Antonio Gibson and believes in the upside. I think, uh, I think he's only going down from here, unfortunately.
1: All right. Antonio Gibson noted, probably not going to be someone I'm trading for, but I will say neither of these players are on my list so far.
0: So. We're that's off to good. a good start. Yeah. That's good. I was I only wrote, I think, 10 names down. So I <laughs> I need not too much overlap, but I could definitely think of more if uh, if you snipe a few of my picks away. That's fine. I um, realize
1: also the p- per player going second does have an advantage of now I can pick which players I want to propose in my block true. of three. So you'll have to or I'll go first in the following uh, the following round. All right, who's your third player?
0: Um this one might. Sound surprising, but I don't think it should sound surprising. Austin Eckler, uh, running back, Los Angeles just Chargers. Too. I mean, he had the best year of his career last year. His his workload increased, I think, like 40-something percent as far as rushing attempts go. He went from 130-something to 200-something. Um, that's, that's just massive. So I think by them drafting a running back, Isaiah Spiller, in the third round, by... How Austin Eckler was almost used out of necessity that much because they didn't really have much else with uh, Joshua Kelly and um, the other guy. I can never remember both of their names. Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson. Thank you. Yeah. So no one behind him was uh, worth putting on the field, let's say. Uh, So he had to do it all and he did it all. And he had a high touchdown variance. I think he had 12 touchdowns rushing. That's just astronomical. I think he maybe only had like four on a year. (laughs) <laughs> like the year before so um just some simple regression to the mean there for his production i think he will be uh managed in touch uh, in workload a little bit more this year and i mean you're selling at the peak of his of his uh value right now i believe he's also 27 this year so ultimately his career has not got more than maybe two two years left and i think it's not going to be the same production we saw last year. Still good. Still love him. Good player. Good for the fantasy football community. He's a part of it. Um, I think you can capitalize on on his name and what we saw last year.
1: Yeah, he is. He is the magical age that will come into the argument for a lot of my players, which is twenty seven, mm-hmm. uh, which is when there is a fundamental drop off at the RB position. Um, all right, so we got your three. Just to recap: Debo, Samuel, Antonio Gibson, Austin Eckler. I'll go into my three now. So we have Mr. Alvin Kamara. Okay, so uh, Kamara was uh, RB8 in half PPR last year after being the RB1 in 2020, although he did miss some games. But if we look at points per game, 22 points per game in 2020, 16 points per game in 2021. That's a pretty big drop-off Um 16 points per game is obviously still great, but from a player that's you know consistently drafted in the top five or you know given a lot of uh, cachet and capital in the dynasty world, um, uh, the drop that's concerning given the age range that he's on, he's coming up against that age wall. Where if you look at the sample size of running backs and their top five finishes in fantasy, uh, when it, it's essentially bounces anywhere. From five and a half percent to nine point six percent from ages twenty one to twenty six and then at age twenty seven it drops down to two point nine percent,
0: oh man, yeah, yeah, that yeah. sounds like a quite the cliff, what yeah there's just a
1: it, in fact, it goes from nine point six at twenty six to two point nine It's like a literal cliff that that you drop off into, um so that's what's going on for a lot of these running backs, Alvin Kamara. Dalvin cook. A lot of the names that have dominated, uh, Christian McCaffrey in the past are reaching that age cliff. And then some of them have injuries associated as well. Why I went with Camara is because I think that you can still fetch a, a solid price for him. Obviously that's important. Um, and then also I just don't have confidence in this offense moving forward. He's one of the ones who has had the kind of like the biggest kind of change, um, in that, uh, well, I know Drew Brees has gone for two years now, but now they're missing Toronto Armstead and they're going to be playing a rookie left tackle uh, in place of him um, or, you know, essentially a below average backup tier player. Um, so that's obviously not good for the running game. I know that's not the strong side, but uh, modern day NFL run games run to both sides of the field anyway. Um, bottom line is Kamara, Hagecliffe, bad offense, High price is why I have him on this list. Uh, Moving to my next guy here, Elijah Mitchell. Um, Mm -hmm. So Elijah Mitchell was a six-round rookie who finds his way to being a fantasy-relevant starter, very effective in Shanahan's outside-zone scheme, doing everything asked of him, and supplanting third-round rookie pick uh, Trey Sermon as a starter to the chagrin of many Trey Sermon owners uh, who were quite salty about that. Um, And then early reports from 49ers camp have Mitchell as the lead back already. Um, They're saying, yeah, he's got that top spot locked in and secure. So why sell him? Well, that report, for one, might be inspiring some confidence and some people that aren't in on Mitchell or weren't in on Mitchell to begin with. But more so uh, size. He's on the smaller side for the position. And handling heavy snaps is bound to get him dinged up like he was Last year at several points throughout the season, um, Shanahan, his coach historically has little loyalty to players based on past performance, regardless of where they were drafted, especially not for a six round uh, rookie. He just rides the hot hand, whoever that is. And then Tyrion Davis price, who is the, uh, 49ers third round pick, uh, in the draft this year. So back-to-back selections of Trey sermon and Davis price kind of reveal a certain desire for a physicality at the position. Uh, Price is 6'1", 232. And apparently he slimmed down for the combine. And the 49ers coaches said, no, get back up to 235-ish. That's where we want you playing. So they clearly want uh, a power back in this offense uh, that's going to take some snaps, especially some really down snaps away or potentially could from Elijah Mitchell. So there's just a lot of concerns about the player. So if you can fetch like, to me, even a, a second round pick for him, for a player that you probably picked up off the w- waiver wire, um, that's probably a, a decent selection, especially in a draft this, like this where the, it's pretty deep and there's some good names going in the first half of the second round. Um, and then finally here, uh, who is next on my list? Okay, uh, Michael Carter uh, to, to the Jets. And I, I kind of debated between Michael Carter and Rashad Penny, didn't want to choose, choose two players with two similar of a profile so i went with michael carter because he's a uh, like rashad penny another player that is his team drafted a prize running back highly in this year's draft michael carter was a fourth round pick he's a smaller running back i just think that there's not going to be enough scoring opportunities uh or work to go around on this jets offense which was pretty terrible last year and we're expecting to take a leap, but that's a leap to hopefully like, you know, the 20th, 18th, 17th best offense in the league, something that Brees Hall can be relevant on, something that Garrett Wilson can get some good snaps in. But when you think about all the additions to this offense between Elijah Moore, between Corey Davis, between Brees Hall and the draft, um, there's just not enough snaps to go around, I think, for Michael Carter. Not to for him. He's going to be useful in that NFL offense way, um, but I don't know if he's going to be useful as a fantasy back. And I think there's some people that view him as an ascending back and maybe think that this offense can uh, be relevant. So to me, he's more of a toss-in candidate to get to a trade where it needs to be. But he's someone that I uh, personally lack belief in. So we have our three players on the board. We've got Debo, Antonio, and Eckler on your side. I've got Kamara, Elijah Mitchell, and Michael Carter. What, what, What can we make happen here, Dane?
0: Man. So yeah, tons of running backs, I think are going to dominate this list just because in dynasty, they're the easiest to sell. They turn over the fastest, you know, the shelf life is the, probably the lowest of any position for fantasy. So a lot of running backs here. Um, I mean, my most valued player is Debo, I would say based on the wide receiver position, having much higher value long-term. Um, so I am maybe trying to move Debo for two of these guys if it's it probably wouldn't include Kamara if it was two of them, though. I mean, that might be hard to get done.
1: Well, yeah, I was curious if you would do Eckler for Mitchell and Carter. You you know, you're taking mm-hmm. a chance on youth at the position, two guys yeah. that were later on picks but that shined in their rookie years and then moving off of a player that is in the twilight of his career so maybe has one to two, three at max relevant seasons but is mm-hmm. in a high-floor offense. Mm-hmm. Um, despite having a bit of an injury history himself that I don't see someone taking that.
0: No, um, it's it's hard because you're getting enough value like on paper, but ultimately there's so much risk with Michael Carter and Elijah Mitchell's future that you're, you're trading for youth, but not nothing reliable, uh, at least past, like we know what their roles will likely be this year. And even that's up for up in the air on some level. You don't know how much Michael Card is going to be on the field now that they drafted Brees Hall in New York, and then Elijah Mitchell, like you said, and Tyrion Davis Price. You, you don't know, um, so it's going to be interesting. But I don't think that's a trade I would do as the Eckler owner. Unless, I mean, I would want. I'd rather get like draft capital um, if if that was a position. If I'm trying to trade away Eckler in my mind, I don't think I'm going to win the championship in the next two years. That's that's where my mind is at. So if I'm trading away Eckler, those players don't necessarily give me the most confidence after the next two year window. Like that, I don't know, I guess context would matter a lot on how your team um, feels and the strengths of your roster build right now. But um, ultimately I, I might, I might do that, but I'd maybe throw in like a third rounder on top, something like that.
1: I have one that's maybe more interesting or might be more appealing to two hypothetical parties. Um, so Austin Eckler's 27. He's a year older than Alvin Kamara. Would you do Austin Eckler and say a late second or maybe an early third um, for Alvin Kamara and just a swap of two running backs that are both in similar situations but Mm -hmm. i don't have austin eckler on my list you you assumingly don't have camara on your list or do you correct i do not so these are two situations where maybe that could work out to similar players but maybe we swap because
0: one of us believes more in Mm -hmm. eckler yeah so you're saying i would have to throw in a second with eckler to get camara yeah because eckler is
1: older um now it doesn't line up that way on the chart. The chart says Eckler is more
0: valuable, um yeah, and I think that's just based on the offense and Eckler had a good year last year, Kamara did not necessarily have the best year, so yeah, he
1: had a good i mean he had a good year overall yeah. in terms of his finish, but it wasn't very a very productive year, and he missed those games um so yeah, I mean like there's that's the thing it's like there's a good chance it's basically the difference between Eckler probably has a better season this year. But Kamara, what if his career lasts a year longer? Like, what if you get that extra year? And so Mm -hmm. that's maybe what you're trading for. Um, Or maybe it's just a straight-up player swap.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're – yeah, you could swap pretty pretty horizontally there, I think. But uh, So no interest in Antonio Gibson from you. Are you out on that guy? I'm not out on him, but I'm not
1: trying to acquire him. Like, to me, he's more of a hold because – I do believe in the talent and I do believe Mm -hmm. there were injury limitations and offensive ceiling limitations last year. Um, But the drafting of Brian Robinson does concern me. Not, not so much the player himself um, because, you know, you'll talk to a lot of people who will say he was universally overdrafted for whatever that is worth. But the fact that they went out and got a physical bruising running back in the third round same round Antonio Gibson was drafted in um it's it's concerning and it's so he's not a buy for me like it would be Mm -hmm. too risky of a buy even though you could say oh he's a buy buy low but um to me it's a a wait and see which maybe you're waiting until it's too late but I don't know you don't want to sell a player low and to me he's dinging on some value so yeah, I don't have interest in acquiring or selling him, I guess I would say. Now, Debo to me is a player that I'm interested in, but I don't think I could see myself giving up Kamara for Debo. And uh, mm. Mitchell and Carter, I don't know if... Yeah, like if I were... if I mean, I if, would do Kamara in a third for Debo, but...
0: Mm, yeah, I would, I would probably want Kamara in like a second or Kamara and Michael Carter, some RB depth or something like that. Like... I I'm pretty RB needy in our real dynasty league. So if I had Debo and I had, was set on wide receivers and I gave my points against Debo and I felt that way, then I could do Debo for Kamara and Michael Carter.
1: Yeah, that's uh, I think that's too much value. All right.
0: Then I'll third. throw in a third rounder for Kamara, Michael Carter. All and right, Debo.
1: Let, let's see what third,
0: a <laughs> third gets us here. Um, that's as far as I'm going. All right, let's do it. All right, I'm glad, glad we made it happen because I was not budging any higher on that one. Okay, so Kamara and Carter
1: for Debo, and I'm gonna say a 2023 20, third because that seems most fair. All right, I guess I'll go into my next three here. All right. Okay, so we have. All right, this is gonna be a juicy one,
0: Mike <laughs> Evans. Ooh, that's a very good one. Um, very juicy. Cause I mean, cause insane. no one's
1: really thinking about Mike Evans because consistency, thy name is Mike Evans. This is a guy that's had a thousand yard season every year of his career, seven year, eight year career. I can't remember, but one of those <laughs> two numbers, uh, but the thing is, if you're a rebuilding team with Mike Evans on your roster, this is your chance to sell him before his value plummets. He's signed through the 2023 season. Then he'll be a free agent. He seems like the kind of guy that the Bucks are going to keep around no matter what. He seems like a lifelong Buck kind of player. Now, there's been a lot more player movement in recent years that could make me question things like that. But this is a guy that seems like the Bucks are going to pony up to keep him around. I mean, there are people generational Bucks fans that have Mike Evans journeys jerseys at this point. Uh, I mean small generations, but still. All right. So he's and then so this isn't anything again again against the player. Mike Evans is getting older, getting into his 30s, but his skill set is one that I think is probably going to translate. He's not, you know, an you know, elite downfield separator. He's a contested catch receiver um, and a separate or a possession receiver. And I think that'll uh continue. Um, um but Tom Brady probably has one more season left in him um, in Tampa Bay. I mean, he retired. I don't think he's coming back. I think he's coming back and trying to win one more Super Bowl because mm-hmm. he wants to end on a Super Bowl, and then he, he's done. He's said 45 before, and if he comes back, there's no guarantee that he comes back on, on the Bucs. So if you're focused on the future, Mike Evans is a player that has very high value now that you would be, in my opinion, getting ahead of the curve to sell him, especially if you're on a rebuilding team. And I think you can just get, you know, prime, prime return on him because uh, you know, opinions of Mike Evans are are very high. Um, even though he's kind of, I mean, not that he's bad, but his ceiling is, is, you know, there's a lot more ball dispersion on that or dispersal or whatever you want to say uh, on that offense that, that makes him a little bit, uh, less relevant if he's not getting the touchdown. So uh, there's Mike Evans for you. Solid points. Darren Waller. Um, Ooh, another good one. So I tried to get at least one tight end in here and I uh, wanted to throw Waller in. Um, he's, you know, that rare enough tight end that he's going to be highly valued still, especially because tight ends are so hard to find in Dynasty. But there is a new 10 reception a game player in to town. Mm-hmm. And his name is Devante Adams and uh, Renfro also an insanely nasty player an insanely nasty red zone player. Like there's, I don't know if you saw that route running uh, highlight reel of Renfro going around on on Twitter the other day, but it's, it's just, the footwork is incredible. This guy doesn't make any sense. Uh, You guys have probably seen the picture of him holding a bag of grapes looking like, you know, like, I don't know, your cousin or something like that. But uh, there's just a lot of... uh, When Waller was getting that insane production, it's because he was like the only good player on the team that uh, Carr could throw to. And now there's two players that are probably going to be more prolific in this offense than Waller. So I think that you can um, sell him uh, because he's probably going to be the third passing option in this game and still get top value for him, especially because of the rarity of tight ends, as I mentioned. And uh, just sort of one more point on Waller. When Foster Moreau stepped in for Darren Waller, uh, he performed admirably. So that's not really a knock on Waller, but it's just like you know maybe they feel a little better about sitting Waller out when, you know, he's dinged up, which has happened in the past. Okay. And then finally here, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is the last player in this trio. So Juju is someone that you can probably sell for like better value than you could. Like that's the thing, like Juju's free money right now. That's the basic principle. He is a player that has done absolutely nothing whose value has gone up simply because he was traded to a different team. That team is playing him Jack Jack Baloney. They're playing him nothing. They're paying Marquez Valdez-Scantling more money than Juju. And with the schematic changes that we can sort of anticipate in the Reed offense this year, seems like it might be a little bit of a return to some early 2000s Andy Reid kind of stuff with the departure of Tyreek Hill. Less explosion, a lot of Wide receiver blocking in rhythm, and I think that is what they got Juju because he is kind of one of the best blocking receivers out there. Um, so I don't think that Mahomes is going to magically transform Juju back into a fantasy relevant player. Um, I mean, maybe fantasy relevant, but not worth the return that you could potentially get on him. Uh, just kind of ask yourself if Juju was traded, and I know this is kind of a silly question to the, but if he was on the Jets or the Giants or the Falcons. Would you have any, would you value him? No, you wouldn't. So that's what you yeah. think about the player. Okay. So you you really only are valuing him on based on landing spot and that historically can have far less of an impact than you might expect, uh, especially given the drafting of Skymore and the contract situation for Scantling. Heck, there's even uh, Justin Ross on there uh, who is like, you know, a potential first round pick as a freshman at Clemson and then had medical concerns that dropped into an undrafted free agent so there's a lot going on here on oh josh gordon josh gordon is on the <laughs> roster can't forget that um so i just don't expect juju to like really stand out especially since he didn't do so uh, the past few years at pittsburgh
0: um so yeah free money on juju and that's kind of my uh, thought there yeah, those are all excellent picks. So I just have one thing to add to Juju. Um, do you think the reason they brought him in to Kansas City was so that Patrick Mahomes' younger brother and him can do TikTok collabs on the on the field? Do you think I that's
1: think, uh, the real motivation there? I think that is probably why he's getting paid so little money is because uh they were like, listen, we really don't want the, we want the player, but we really don't want to encourage whatever's going on with the uh the tick tocking.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Anyways, good list. I've got a few names myself. I'm going to start with a player who became a fantasy darling at the second half of last year. One, a lot of people, their championships, I believe uh, a player on a roster that was devoid of talent, uh, especially at the wide receiver position. We've talked about him before Amon Ross, St. Brown second year wide receiver this year, um, Detroit lions, Jared Goff, still the quarterback there. He had, he had shown some great flashes uh, that, you know, down the stretch there, but Jameson Williams, highly touted wide receiver talent in this year's class, drafted by the Detroit Lions. You can catch Nathan's article about him, makes a great case for him. Um, basically, what I'm saying is Amon Ross St. Brown has almost no chance of being the wide receiver one in this offense the moment they made that pick. So his ceiling is capped going into the future, especially um, a million questions of what that offense is going to look like after they move on from Jared Goff. Um, Amon Ra St. Brown is also not somebody who was uh, invested a lot of draft capital on by that team. So there's no telling like if he's supplanted by maybe the draft, another wide receiver next year, and then he's the third wide receiver. There's a lot of uncertainty on rebuilding. Yes. DJ shark also there to take away some work this year. That's a good point. Um, so yeah, in summary, Amon Ra, the sun God will forever live in Jamison Williams shadow. Agreed. All right.
1: Next on, next on your list here.
0: All right, now I'm going with somebody who also had a similar path last year um, out of nowhere. Rashad Penny, uh, running back, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, They traded Russ away, as I'm sure you know by now. Everyone listening should know that. Um, So the offense is not going to be as good, but they still will have a solid run game or at least attempt to. And Rashad Penny showed up late last year, um, had a great stretch. They needed him. Chris Carson went out with a neck injury. Chris Carson still up in the air. Whether he has a football future, I would lean toward no. Um, So Rashad Penny is going to get a lot of work this year. Uh, If he can stay healthy himself, that's a big factor. And, of course, they drafted uh, young rookie talent. um, Kenneth Walker. Yes, thank you. I was was like, Ken, Kenny. uh, Yes, Kenneth Walker, who I'm also getting very excited about based on my opinion of wanting to sell Rashad Penny right here. So, um, you know, just a lot of things that you should capitalize on with the value that you saw last year, or sorry, capitalize the perf- on the performance you saw by penny last year and try to get as much value as you can, because he was probably just clogging your bench at the, up until that point. Then you were glad to play him. Now you can cash in, move on. Don't, don't try to chase the dragon here. And I think that he can do this for a couple more years. It's probably maybe half a year if he's healthy, we'll see. But, um, yeah, that guy. And then James Conner, kind of the same thing here. I mean, we've we've had a lot of conversation about aging running backs or running backs who had a splash year that are, you know, maybe toward the end of their end of their contracts or end of their peak performance years. So James Conner fits all those uh, all those marks there. And you know, is he going to score 15 rushing touchdowns this year? I don't think so. That that's like crazy. That's not going to happen again. And that's where he got most of his work. Only had 900 rushing yards. He was a pass catcher out of necessity. I don't think we'll see him as a three down back as much this year. Uh, they're going to want to keep him healthy, um, but he actually might have a strong start to the year with D hot being suspended. So if you can't get the trade done in of this offseason, you might look to capitalize shortly into the season um, for a win now team. They would probably love to have somebody like James Conner. but beyond this year, I, I mean, you can't count on him for anything. So that's where I'm at.
1: Okay, well, you're not getting Mike Evans or Darren Waller for any of these (laughs) players that you've lined up here. So I would, uh, I would do a straight up swap of Juju and James Conner, or I would do Juju and a third for
0: Amon Ra St. Brown. Hmm. Um. I don't think
1: someone. I don't know if anyone would take either of those deals. But
0: no, if you did Juju in a second, I
1: would do Amon ra. It would have to be a late second. Juju's only 25 years old. Yeah,
0: he's young. So, I mean, he has that going for him. But like you said, outside of his rookie season where he relied on Antonio Brown, the dark hole of that offense, bringing everyone to his side of the field, uh, he hasn't done much. So, like you said, what do you believe in the player, Nathan? You don't believe in Juju, But the upside of the sun god? I mean, come on.
1: Would you do a second? For James Conner straight up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So as long as it's like mid to early second, you know.
1: Well, let's say it's a late second.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, I'll probably still do it.
1: Yeah, so okay, any I'd, second.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm doing that. <laughs> okay.
1: So there you go. There's one. Because to me, I would do that if I especially if I'm a win now team, because I think James Conner is gonna get enough snaps on this. I mean, James Conner was a good player last year. He was a top ten running back. Um mm-hmm. and he's been good in the past. He has had injury concerns in the past, but, um, I believe like, here's my, here's a little judgment that I like to do, uh, when I go into a running back room and it's only burned me once. And that one time is James Robinson. But if the person behind the starter, that's getting buzz was an undrafted free agent, uh, then let's let's move on you know um now I I don't know if Keontae Ingram was an undrafted free agent but I think he was like at most a sixth round pick
0: yeah I think he um, was six sixth round pick
1: but. yeah so uh to me you know I I with the money that they re-signed James Conner for uh I'm sure Keontae Ingram will get some snaps but uh not enough to dissuade me if I'm a uh, like someone, if I need like an RB3 or a flex that I feel confident that can get me, you know, a touchdown in any given game in a fairly high ceiling offense and I'm a, going for a championship, then I would move a second in a heartbeat, I think, for James Conner.
0: Yeah, I think that's very accurate. And yeah, on the flip side, if you're a team that has James Conner and you don't think you have a strong case to make the playoffs, you should move him right now.
1: Yeah, and I don't think I would give up Juju and a second for Amon Ross-St. Brown, just because I, while well, I like Amon Ross-St. Brown, to me, he and Juju aren't that dissimilar as players. <laughs> like, like, they're they're neither are, like, extreme athletic ceiling kind of players. They're both, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, slot receivers to a certain degree. So I, uh, I couldn't, like, I don't know if I would just want to pay a second to get three years younger on a worse team uh, for, you know, a very similar player um, on a team that's going to have less passing output. Um, So to me, I think that's probably the only one we can get done out of this group, unless you see something else. And that one's cheating a little bit because we didn't, I didn't include any of my players. uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'd have to shoot for the moon if I'm going for something like Mike Evans. And to me, that's like a win now move. That's like, I want to win now. So I wouldn't be trading James Conner in that situation, and I probably wouldn't be trading, trading Rashad Penny. So, I mean, if I'm looking to get Mike Evans, I might give you a Ross St. Brown and a second, but that's probably... As, you know, as I would take a idea. first.
1: Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, because you're not giving a up uh, Mike Evans for uh, and not getting yeah. a
0: first-round pick out
1: of it. No, it could be a late first. It could be the last pick of the first round, but... Um, I don't. Bad. But I also think that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that would be giving up too
0: much for my kids. That would be. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Because okay.
1: it's, it, it's that whole thing of like, what's a good trade and what will the person do? Because um, I do think a Ra in a second is probably fair. Um, but yeah. you give like to give up a player that you know has been consistent over the past eight years for one that's done it for one just mentally. It's, it's a very difficult thing to do. Um, and then the other one that I was thinking about that doesn't make any sense is like James Conner and a first for Mike Evans, because that's like two teams that are trying to win now that are just like (laughs) weirdly swapping pieces, which doesn't really make sense. Whereas like the first one we did of like Kamara and Carter and Debo, like that's one team that's trying to get younger with Debo and another that wants to win now with Kamara, but also have like that backup lever and Carter just in case this trade foot to like, you know, blows to pieces or something. Um, all right. So you ready to move on to tier three here? Yeah. Or round three rather. Um, all right, let's 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 hear those players.
0: All right, I'm going to throw out Michael Thomas. I mean, I keep forgetting this guy is still <laughs> in the league playing football. Haven't heard much from him since what? his... <laughs> Michael Thomas is like a sell two years ago, not a sell now. Right, but I mean, it's not going to get better. That's It's a lot of the same case you made for Kamara. I mean, he's older. He's 29 years old. That offense is not going to be what it was when he was uh, thrown to by Drew Brees in 2019 where he had the all-time reception record of 149 that's not that's not happening with uh james winston uh, the way they want to run the offense and that's not going to be sustainable production at all and especially going into the future i mean what happens after this year he's my point here with michael thomas is that his value at, from this point on is just sliding down the cliffside uh, perpetually without stop to momentum he might so you- have a
1: you don't see there's a situation where you know he's healthy enough to play, and he has a thousand yard, six touchdown season. Has the you know the lead? So pass that's possible,
0: him. and that's the case that you're making when you're looking to move him. Like that's that's certainly possible in his uh, his realm of outcomes. But um, they did draft Chris Olave. They did trade for Jarvis Landry. He has a lot more competition on that offense yeah, now. That's he's, a good
1: that's a good point. Is a team confident in Michael Thomas? Going to trade five picks to select crystal off <laughs> exactly yeah
0: they know he's not his uh the future for the saints and that's a big part of this uh this move as well you're trading him based on what he did in 2019 and that might not carry as much weight as it did two years ago but um he's still got that name value and a team that's looking to win now they might like that on their side so all right who's next all right going for Amari Cooper traded Mm, to very interesting I like this one the Browns uh who also acquired Deshaun Watson they are loading up on offense trying to make a move here um so you you gotta imagine that his value has increased with that move uh Deshaun, Deshaun Watson great quarterback questionable human um but Amari Cooper also has like his own name value here that we saw flashes from, but he's never really had like a 16 game stretch. It's always come in bursts, and it's never when you need it in the fantasy playoffs. It's always just like, all right, I feel super confident. This is a great matchup for Amari Cooper, and then you get burned. That's that's how I felt when I have him on my roster. I know you've had him in a league or two. Um, you know what the messed up thing is? Is
1: like I go after Amari Cooper. Because every time Amari Cooper plays the Eagles, he absolutely tortures them. And so, like, in my mind, like, most of the times I'm watching Amari Cooper closely, it's him just racking up, like, you know, (laughs) 170 yards against Michael Jacquet or whoever the terrible corners that the Eagles have been rolling out. So, yeah, but I'm totally with you. Plus, the increase is, like, totally fabricated. Like, I get that he's going to have more, quote-unquote, opportunity. In this Browns offense, but it's not like he is going from, you know, Taylor Heineke to Deshaun Watson. He's going from, in my opinion, a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson to Deshaun Watson. So it's, it's purely based on like, oh, can he be that high volume guy? And he's like, never been that guy really, at least not in the past few years.
0: Right. Yeah. So I think you're with this move right now, you're capitalizing on the, the unactualized ceiling that he has been created by these moves in the off season. And essentially you're cashing in on him, hitting that ceiling, whether he does or not is now no longer the risk you're taking. Um somebody's going to love Amari Cooper in your league, especially with, you know, the whole, the whole retooling of the offense. They're going to look to pass a little bit more, but it's ultimately still a run first team. That's a big part of it as well on paper. He's the best wide receiver they have. Um, and we'll see it in bursts. He'll have some splash plays. He's a good wide receiver. Somebody will want him. Easy to move, I think.
1: Can I ask you an unrelated question before we get to your next player? Absolutely. Um, so, do you think that Devonte Adams has had a hit in value, however slight, from moving to the Packers to the Raiders? Yeah, yeah, he definitely has. Okay, so to me, that's like a perfect compass for the situation. If a, like if, we're, if a player's moved to a quote-unquote better team, then that's, like Dane said, unrealized, inflation, however you want to put it. That's a great sell player. If a, an amazing player, it's all about the player. If an amazing player like Devontae Adams goes to the Raiders, which is a perfectly competent team, and they can't make Devontae Adams work from Derek Carr, uh, that's a pretty unlikely situation. So to me, like if we're talking players to buy, like Devontae Adams is probably a good one, especially if you're in a win now team and you don't mind the age because mm-hmm. if he he's had that hit about you.
0: Yeah, same thing with like Tyreek Hill, but uh two uh, more question marks than David Carr, uh Derek Carr, sorry. Um so yeah, when you see those changes, that's a moment you can either capitalize on a buy or sell based on what you're pursuing. Um and then my last name is a very, very big favorite in the fantasy community. And one is mine as well, but I'm trying to look in the mirror, look, take a hard look and say, am I doing the same thing with this guy that uh, everyone was doing with Antonio Gibson? And I think so. It's Javante Williams. Mm. Love the player. Love the guy on the field. He's a fun guy to watch. Uh, Very talented. He's still splitting the backfield with Melvin Gordon. They did bring him back on a two year deal. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Are you're chasing the what ifs here? Are you chasing the hype? Because the hype train, <laughs> I mean, that thing is a speed train plowing through mountains right now. It's <laughs> it's just been that way since we saw what he can do on the field, and um, I, I don't think the hype has worn off since Melvin Gordon resigning. Of course, that's going to be a hit to his value, but ultimately, I think he's still heavily overvalued in the community. And there's going to be somebody like me who just a month ago was trying heavily to pursue him. um, Somebody's still going to believe everyone's running back needy in dynasty. He's going to be easy to move and you can, you can get a lot for him. So I think what you're doing is looking in the mirror, asking yourself what is actually going on here instead of what do I hope he can be? Um, So I think that's important to kind of check yourself on name values and hype sometimes.
1: I, uh, to a certain point, I agree, but I also think that Javante Williams is, a better running back. I mean, than uh, Antonio Gibson. Like you watch that dude break tackles; it is insane.
0: Yeah, I so, would absolutely agree
1: with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. you get like you get chub vibes from Williams at times.
0: Like I think I meant in usage, the way that. We've yeah,
1: seen. There's, there's definitely a concern, but.
0: uh Yeah, I don't know that they'll commit to because it's not like the scheme has changed there. I mean, they brought in Russ Wilson; uh they're probably going to throw the ball a bit more, but that's not going <laughs> to stop them from using both their running backs. They've been. Very Successful with that system, they're not going to just go away from it, especially bringing Melvin Gordon back. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I do think it's a situation where, uh, you know, goal line work is definitely going to get sniped, but I think a, a talented player takes the horns no matter what, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, this is going to be kind of an exciting one. All right, so my first player here, uh, is Derrick Henry. Um, so Derrick Henry, I already talked about Alvin Kamara. Just apply all those same reasons to to Derrick Henry and offense in transition, moving on from A.J. Brown, swapping in Burks, lowering the overall season, realizing that this is a team that, despite being the number one seed in the AFC, has some holes, has maybe not the quarterback to get them to a Super Bowl. Um, drafting Malik Willis to bring him in there, just kind of, you know, retooling as they're going on. Probably won't be as good as they were last year. So Derrick Henry, also another year older, got injured last year, proved that he's not indestructible. Um, So, and then they uh, Titans also drafted Hassan Haskins. So much has been made of the, obviously the swapping out of A.J. Brown and Traylon Burks, two similar profiles. But Hassan Haskins is also, a similar Derrick Henry profile, bruising, 220 pounds, 6'2 two back, uh, excellent in pass protection, excellent at the goal line. So, uh, just a tough running back, the perfect kind of running back to step in and fill a similar role if Derrick Henry is injured. Now, I'm not comparing a fourth round pick to the great Derrick Henry, but there are just, uh, you know, like I said with Kamara, injury concerns, overall offensive ceiling concerns here. Um, and then also you add in the the rookie aspect. I just think Derrick Henry is a player that uh, might have taken a tight uh, or a slight hit in value because of that injury last season, but is still a highly valued dynasty asset for especially for a win now team, and can probably fetch you um, some top draft picks or or a good rebuilding asset. Um, and then next year, DJ Moore. Um, so this is finally my chance to get on my i don't get dj more plat soapbox here because like (laughs) year after year i feel like this guy gets hyped up and he does like next to nothing i mean he does stuff he does the exact same thing every year he catches like 1200 ish yards 1100 yards and four touchdowns he's got four touchdowns every season for the past two years and eventually the touchdowns aren't going to come like this guy might just not be productive in the red zone plus the Panthers stink and there's no sign of them getting better anytime soon unless they trade for Baker Mayfield and Baker has a good season or Matt Corral into being something this is a team that I don't really see a way out of the muck anytime soon um, so to me like DJ Moore is a player that somewhere in your league is a DJ Moore hype beast and you can uh, offer them DJ Moore and probably get a, a good player that's has a higher ceiling. Cause I think DJ Moore has just basically shown our ceiling and it's not a bad ceiling. And he's a player that when we come to redraft season, I may feel differently about, because I think that he's probably somebody you can get at a certain value. For example, um, last year, I think he was the 26th receiver overall in ADP. And he ended up as like the 21st scoring receiver. So there was a slight jump there between where he was drafted and how he finished the season. There And that that drafting was a reaction to people getting let down years and years. And now maybe it's like, oh, maybe he's undervalued. Maybe DJ Moore rises back. No, mm-hmm. we know what DJ Moore is. Um, so he's a good piece to add in to, to do something here. And then here's the bombshell,
0: Dane. Uh, I think Devontae Smith might be a sell now. Okay, I'm glad you're on board. I actually looked at his name and I thought about it. So go ahead and make the case. So
1: Devontae Smith is an amazing
0: player, incredible player. Um,
1: You know who else is an amazing, incredible player? (laughs) AJ Brown. Yes, but not who I'm going to say. Think back to Minnesota a few years past. There was a player that everyone said was one of the best receivers in the NFL And his route running was incredible. And his releases were incredible. And if he just had the opportunity, if he wasn't on a team that was run first, that wasn't targeting Adam Thielen so much, he would explode. And Stefan Diggs made his way over to Buffalo Bills and exploded. And that is kind of a situation that I fear for Devontae in that... A.J. Brown has come in. A.J. Brown is immediately going to be the alpha in this receiving room. Devontae Smith, incredibly talented, similar skill set to Savon Diggs in that route running ability, uh, super smooth. Um, But he might be the 1B to the 1A there. And the 1B in the Eagles' low-volume passing offense might mean – 950 yards and six touchdowns, which is fine, but it's not a great fantasy season. Um, and so to me, Devonte Smith, there's it's similar to what I've talked about to a lot of these players. And when I take my Eagles glasses off, like there might not be a clear way out of this. Like you're just banking on the Eagles being able to draft a Bryce young or a CJ Stroud in the following year's draft or acquire A Kyler Murray or some veteran quarterback that becomes available to trade. And then that rookie quarterback also working out in order for this offense to have the passing volume necessary to make A.J. Brown, who is signed for the next four years, and Devontae Smith, who is signed for the next three years plus his uh, fifth year option, both relevant on this offense. So because Devontae Smith is young, exciting, and incredibly talented, you can probably fetch an amazing price for him. When his overall ceiling in reality might be a kind of iffy over the next few years.
0: Yeah, you made a great case. And I can't say I disagree with any of it. That's a great one. Um, And when you were talking about DJ Moore, there was a guy that didn't make my list today, but Terry McLaurin, I had so many of the same opinions. When you were talking about DJ Moore, I I was like, this was my exact argument for Terry McLaurin. Uh, but uh, yeah, good stuff, man. Let's try to make a trade. The
1: nice thing about Terry McLaurin is he's a little bit closer to like he could get traded still in his prime where, I mean, not that I uh, mean, so could Devante, but he, he has more years to get to when he's a free, could be potentially be a free agent or a trade candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So to me, we got to take Michael Thomas off this list here. Uh, I don't, I don't care about Michael Thomas, uh, right. but Devonte Williams does interest me.
0: What, Interests you. Hmm. Um I mean Derrick Henry is a guy that would only interest me if I'm gearing up to win this year and then I'm not looking back. I would take a swing at him. But the problem there is his value is so ridiculously inflated. I think the Derrick Henry owner is not going to want less than a first plus something. And that's not what I'm after. Like, like would I trade Devontae Williams for Derek Henry straight up? I don't think I could do that just because. Javante has a whole career ahead of him. Derrick yeah, Henry has one. I mean, one dynasty year.
1: value wise, Javante is incredibly more valuable. Yeah, and right. di- 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 dynasty is that weird thing where it's like, I mean, it's Derrick freaking Henry. Like, you know, he's got the chances of Derrick Henry having two more great seasons are probably more likely than Javante Williams having one incredible season. So, um, <laughs> but that said like this is all about prospecting the future and i agree with you because that stood out to me as like oh williams henry swap but and i don't think I, I would do that as a Javante owner
0: now you gotta hope that the ceiling is in the cards eventually for him um like i said i don't believe that it is this year unless melvin gordon goes down with injury but you know that's not a case you want to make a trade on um so i mean dj moore is a guy i'm pretty neutral on you know it's a big a big part of him not reaching his potential is the offense, like you said. I don't believe that Matt Rule is great for this team. Sam Darnold is somehow still the quarterback. Oh my God, it's it's just another wasted year. So you got to hope after this year they can somehow get it together. I think that Matt Rule will not be the head coach at that point, and Sam Darnold will not be the quarterback. So it's just a lot of question marks. I think he's only there for another year uh i think i think he's there through next year dj moore yeah
1: no he signed an extension that was oh that's right yeah he's there for the next
0: three years or something oh no what have you done well you make him money i guess you got to make your money good for him but oh man (laughs) that's not great uh that's a good point so again yeah through 2025 yeah. yeah Ugh, man we're in the the deep here. Um, so
1: I mean, there's a a DJ Moore Cooper swap is fair value for someone that believes in DJ Moore gets a player that's two years younger, and then someone that still believes in Cooper gets a player that's in a theoretically high volume offense as the top target. Um, maybe they they're leaning slightly more win now, but maybe this is the team that finished fourth last year and the team that finished sixth. Like you know. They're mm-hmm. right there, but their team building
0: stages are slightly different. Who knows? Um, that could that could work. That could work. Yeah, I think I think I would want a little extra seasoning on top if I'm getting rid of Amari Cooper just because he has a probably two years of of good good production. Um and I think DJ Moore, you would
1: find me. that DJ Moore has outpaced Amari Cooper over the past few years.
0: Yeah, I mean you may be right. Um I guess I'd be hoping that. I'm talking to the guy who believes in Amari Cooper. I guess that would be if he's asking me to trade for him.
1: Right, but I'm talking to the guy that believes in DJ Moore.
0: Yeah, all right. So I do believe in DJ Moore a little bit. So I, yeah, I could do like a third on top with Amari Cooper for DJ Moore. No, so.
1: no, 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 no. It's It's got to be straight up. Look at their stats the past eight years.
0: Yeah, straight up, I think you could get that done. Yeah, I think you could get that done. Like in a lot of leagues. Oh, you're saying Amari Cooper plus a third for DJ Moore. Yeah, If that if you need that to get it done but I think straight up is pretty close
1: no yeah I would just offer it straight up like okay. either way I mean arguably DJ Morris worth more because yeah. of the age um and he's been slightly more injury proof um but the uh yeah I think straight up is a good
0: I think I would do that yeah yeah I'm, I'm happy with that you're going for the upside of the unrealized talent to somehow getting onto a good team <laughs> and then uh uh touchdowns could come his way you never know but uh yeah I'll, I'll do that Mark Cooper for DJ Moore okay cool
1: are there any other trades you see happening here it's hard to think of a way no. to get Javante Williams because yeah you're unless you're giving up Devontae Smith in like the high second or something like that
0: yeah I, I don't think it's going to happen for that I think if you're looking to trade Javante Williams maybe you're seeking Derrick Henry and like a distant couple picks in the future so that you can chase now and then reload in 2024 or something like that. So maybe yeah. if you get Derrick Henry and like, I don't know, a first, but in 2024 or something like that. There's definitely
1: something to happen with Derrick Henry and Javante Williams, yeah. but I I can't be bothered to figure it out. Um, cause yeah. I just like <laughs> Javante Williams too much. And I'm like, you know, but also Derrick Henry, it's hard to imagine the Derrick Henry owner parting with him unless, unless he's reading the writing on the wall, who knows everyone, everyone has a different perspective, but Hey, we made three trades happen.
0: Yeah, we did. I'm impressed. I thought it was going to be like no trades at all, to be honest.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we got and Carter for Debo in a 2023 third. Uh, I think that's a fair trade. I think that's a good trade. I also think personally that Debo is going to stay on the 49ers. I think he's going to sign him a long-term deal there. Now, well but how good is trey lance that Mm -hmm. remains to be seen but i do think they're going to sign him i think it's quieted down for a reason um and i should probably take jacob back up on the dk for Debo swap um trade that he had discussed earlier you
0: should yes yes you should
1: um and then uh a second for James Connor. We kind of cheated on that one because <laughs> we didn't <laughs> include any of my players, but Hey, uh, we made something happen and then DJ Moore and Amari Cooper, a straight up swap. So we had three different types of trades here, three trades. I think this was a, uh, productive exercise.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hope it, um, you know, kind of set the landscape for anyone listening who might be looking to move any of these people, or maybe now you're looking to move them or acquire some of the guys that we were trading. Now you know what you can get. Um, also, that would be cool if we post that on like Twitter or something to see what people think of those super artificial trades that we made. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so next time you hear from Dane and I, we will uh, have made it through the woods. Um, we are going oh, back. Right.
0: Hopefully, we don't die.
1: Several, several days and several nights um, in a in a wilderness that I will not name. Um, but we're going to be in in it in it deep. So uh, that'll be. Interesting. So we'll have some reports from that whole situation. Uh, the full bear report, uh, expect to see many bears. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I will be bringing, uh, bear, bear attractant, um, just slathering myself in honey and, uh, you know, bringing a K bar knife and just kind of, you know, letting God decide. So it should be a fun time. And then we'll be back, uh, with who knows what next week, but, probably uh, maybe it's time to get into a little redraft preview maybe a little dynasty redraft split it down the middle two-parter episode We'll, we'll see but it'll be good some good stuff
0: yeah um also shout out to alex b who won the raffle giveaway last week uh he was the only participant so therefore by default i don't even need to put his name in a random uh generator uh thank you for your support alex b i will be contacting you with that, uh, Amazon $10 gift card code. Congrats.
1: Congratulations, Alex B. Thank you as always for, for your listenership and participation and come on guys, you could have had, you
0: know, free $10. It was so easy.
1: It's just a little bit of engagement and, you know, we could have had a little fun randomizer draw, but it goes to a well-deserving fan of the show. So thank you to Alex and, uh, yeah. Find us at fantasy Bible pod. Check out the new Substack at thefantasybible.substack.com. Two articles up there right now. Uh, One about Dynasty Sleepers, one about Jameson Williams, one probably pretty soon about some uh, potential trades that you could be making. Um, So stay tuned to that. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening.
0: Thank you, guys.